I'm amazed how many people own stocks. Welcome to the Playing Footsie Podcast. My name's Paul, and each episode, me and the lads get together to talk about the stocks, stock market news, and finance in general. Quick disclaimer, you shouldn't consider anything in this podcast as personal financial advice. If you need such advice, go to a financial advisor. And please remember, when investing in any form, your capital is at risk. So sit back, relax, and let the lads fill you in with all the stock market news of the week. The sucker's going up. <laughs> all right. Welcome, everyone, to the Playing Footsie podcast. Um, well, if anybody hadn't already realized, Damo's here today from Damien Talks Money. We've got him on, on the channel today. It's the Playing Footsie podcast. We're here every week talking about stocks and uh, news. Uh, Damien. How's your week yes. been and how's your week been with the stock market and stuff? Yeah, it's pretty good. I mean, I'm mainly indexes, a few individual shares. I'm pretty good at tuning out the market. You know, I, I don't pay much attention. I know I don't check my portfolio very often at all, to be honest with you. Um, I think I, I took a bit of a kick in because of China um, that's kind of that's kind of come back. Now, my index funds don't look very good, like my world one and stuff compared to some of my individual holdings. But yeah, just another week. I bought some stuff. That's about it. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, sorry. That was a really bad introduction for Damien there. Damien is from a channel called Damien Talks Money, just in case you've never heard of it. Um, he talks about all uh, like Vanguard and index funds and everything like that. So he's here with a wealth of knowledge today. And uh, I think he's got the game as well. So uh, yeah. I can't wait for that one. Uh, Steve W, Steve D are with us as well. How's your week been, guys? Been an all right week here, Paul. Uh, outside of stocks, it's getting on for the start of the academic year, so i got loads of work to do, which means I've been like Damien, not really had much chance to look at my stuff yet, so I've tuned the market out more by accident than anything else. But uh, stock's done all right, actually. The Nasdaq got hit a couple of days ago, which didn't really affect me. I seem to do all right through that bit. Turns out that buying kind of quite high-priced tech things isn't really something I do very much. Who knew? <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's um like if you if you were looking at your portfolio this week and i've been the same i've been very busy so i i don't look as often which is it's a good feeling right that's a good feeling that a lot more people should really probably be taking on board every now and then uh, but i have just looked and uh, it doesn't look good guys if, you, if you're not looking at your portfolio it, yeah, does, yeah. it doesn't don't look, look good if you have the nervous disposition <laughs> just keep your phone in your pocket i've i had a look at my to be fair i i, I like to have stopped stock twits open and uh, I, on monday i think it was when i sort of booted up stock twits and my i had one green and it was bristol myers squib at 0.02 i thought i am in serious trouble um but, <laughs> so I, I booted it up today and it, it does look like there's been quite a hefty uh, kick to the ribs but um it doesn't really matter it's not it's not like i'm uh, it's not like my thesis has changed on anybody in my portfolio because the share price has changed um we had a question in the Discord today about, I don't know whether you guys saw it about, you know, what, what we're doing about this impending doom crash that's coming. And to be honest with Making you, I, I don't really believe it. it. We, <laughs> yeah, yeah. We saw, we saw um, Parit Patel with his brilliant meme who uh, found out there was a clown was shortage in Ireland and tweeted at Robert Kiyosaki, your chances here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Ki he's he's the big one. Robert Kiyosaki is, like, I, I noticed how often he's posting these gloom, doom and gloom things, man. It's... it's intense like he's gonna he reckons he's gonna be right one time I, I i don't know i don't know but yeah we're all making videos about it crash here here um we'll have to get sven on again to do something to uh, with a big crash right so we've got a long 
video for you today. I think there's going to be quite a few topics uh, we might get to. We're going to talk about some UK stocks. We're going to talk about maybe a bit of crypto. And we've got uh, quite an itchy topic that we've been trying to talk about for a while, about handling family money, which is one that's really quite personal for all of us. But first, it sounds like Damien's got our game to play today. So take it away, Damien. What have you got for us today? Well, I mean, I put a few questions and, and stuff together. I call it like a classic pub quiz, a few rounds. Um, I've kept it lean because, like I said, <laughs> you, you boys do a lot of quizzes, so I didn't want to double up on anything. So we'll start with... Um, so I've got some ticker symbols that you've got to guess the businesses. Um, we've got some stuff about, I call Very it nice. watch the drop. Yeah. So we'll start with the ticker symbols. We'll go from there. I'll give you, I'll give you some, cool. I'll give you some, <laughs> you just name what the business is and what it does for, for points. Well, I know Oof. you normally pick individuals, Oof. but right. we can, we can just do like a fastest finger first. I'm all about the competition. Oh, do you fancy oh, that? Or do you right. want me to oh, pick no, that, okay, right. that puts me last. Give you a chance. Yeah, we'll give you a chance. Okay, what well, I've done one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Yeah. So, all right, Briscoe, there's seven. So pick between one and seven. Uh, nine, please. Come on, Paul. Thank you. Yes, we're all good for it. I'll leave Stevie with seven, so I'll go for one. Go for it. Um, it's bid, B I D. Not not the UK business that that's shocking. Oh, okay. um, <laughs> oh man, I would have got that. I would have got that. That's pretty yeah, good. Because you lost, uh, you lost the grand on it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I might have. Yeah, I haven't actually looked at how 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 far down I am on this set right now. Um, uh, Bid is it is it S and P five hundred or is it like? Uh, yeah, real, I mean it would be that side of that side like of the water. The, the clues in the name. Um, a lot of, I'll, I'll say with a lot of them, it's kind of say what you see, you know, kind of catchphrasey. Yeah, I, you know what? I, I have, I have no idea. I, like um, I have no idea. Um, Throw it out to... <laughs> I don't know either. I'm just trying to think. Always, you guys no, have know. such a high big strike rate. I need. I watch it. I'm blown away. <laughs> no, big integrated. <laughs> Finish that. Um, big. Big integrated no. designs. <laughs> I have yeah. no idea. I've absolutely no idea. It's it's Sotheby's, as in bid for things. Ah, as in the, oh, the, 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 the auctioneer. Yeah. That's, yeah. yeah. The auctioneer. Ah, this is the game we're playing, right? Some some uh, smart. So, right, I get it now. Yeah, now that's going to pick a, a lot of a lot of them are like this, isn't it? Okay, so between two yeah, and that's seven. Good. Oh, that's, great. I like it. Steve, Steve D, what have you got? Two between two and seven. Lucky number seven. Okay, this one is just Ben. B E N. Oh, oh! I know this one. Ooh, pressure, pressure. I would um, I don't know think, of some, think of some famous Bens. Think of Charlie Munger. Think of Charlie Munger. Famous. Now, I, now I'm lost. Yeah, now I'm completely <laughs> lost. I'm going great. Oh, I, I, oh, I think I've got it. I think I've got it. I think well, got I, it. I will open it up to the floor. Uh, it's Franklin, right? Yeah, Franklin Resources. Ah, yeah. Well done. <laughs> well done, well done. I wouldn't have got that. So you've got between two and two and six. Those okay. are right. Uh, four, please. Okay. So Zeus, as in the Greek god. Oh, I do not know this. Yup. Um, hmm. <laughs> oh, I thought uh, you meant uh, my, my neighbour's dog. He's called Zeus. <laughs> 
Yeah, thanks, Paul. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, is there an independent <laughs> Greek restaurant that's listed on the Nasdaq somewhere? <laughs> <laughs> is it going to be something like? It's going to be like plate smashers are up. Was that racist? Yeah, um, that um, oh, yeah. I, I, yeah. I don't know who's this. <laughs> uh, let's let's stop Paul guessing and say I don't know anymore. Yeah. <laughs> it's a hard one, that. To be fair, it's Olympic steel. Oh, what a big ticker, though. See, That's an see, incredible ticker. There's some, there's some, yeah. yeah, it is incredible ticker. That's a smart ticker. I like that well, one. Whilst researching uh, this... I'll go for... Go on. No, go on. Go on, go on. No, carry so, on. Whilst no, researching this... The next question. If you've got some more colour, go for it. Yeah, I've got more, but whilst researching it, there's um, a lot of <laughs> thesis behind picking tickers that are catchy, and the investment strategies actually perform pretty well, because a lot of new investors just mm. pile into things that, that sound cool. So this is why a lot of yeah, brands will I'm try hoping... to position that way. I'm hoping you've gone a little bit more meta because the ones that stick in my head are like pizza, pee, which is uh, Domino's, isn't go it? Who's that? He's looking on, who's down. That? That's on the list. That's on the list. Domino's is DPZ, isn't it? <laughs> no, go on. So P, 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 PZZA, who is that? Don't say <laughs> that's 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 right. Right. No, 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 that's right. No, that's Papa John's, isn't it? Try it. Yeah, Papa it's John's. Domino's. There we go. There was Papa John's. Oh, is it? It's not Domino's. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. ah, Jesus. Domino's oh. is DPZ. Oh, oh, Jesus Christ. No, there you go. Didn't know that. No. All right. What, what about cake? And there's another cake. one as well. I know that one as well. Uh, that, yeah. yeah, I got that one. Yeah, I know that one. Are, are we go saying on it or? Yeah, are, we just, are we just going free for all? Like you this can have it, Paul, if you want it. It's it's well, a street, cheesecake like. factory, isn't it? Yes, yeah. it is. Yeah, it is. So there's there's two left. So Steve, do you pick one or two? I'll have uh, two. So it's grr, like G R R. Oh, oh. Yeah. interesting. Have we spun off frosties? <laughs> wow, I was going to go frosties. I wonder if there's some kind of company with tiger in the name or something like oh, that. It's going to be the way we're playing. It's going to be. Yeah. It's never going to be lion because that'd be raw. I'm going to just go have to guess something and just try and add a name on the end of it, like Tiger Software. It's <laughs> close. That's, that sounds like a company, to be fair. It, it was um, it's it's listed as the Asia, Asia Tiger Fund. Um, oh, like Range Resources. Um, see, I knew it was going to be racist. I knew it was going to be racist. <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> knew it. I knew it. Right, final one for you, Steve W. Hog. H-O-G. Mm. Harley Davidson. Yeah, oh, I didn't know that well, one. Well, but no. Steve, Steve W, the king, the absolute king of the guess in the ticket game. <laughs> oh, is, you've been in some shit tickers, ETF, and yeah, you've been nuzzing around. <laughs> right, so there is, I've got... There, there is this... Go on. Oh, you've got, got more? Another, I've got another half uh, of the no, game, I was just so... Gonna... Ah, right. Bloody hell. Have, have we been taking score? Because I... That... That is like I'm winning. Steve's winning. Yeah, of course you are. So this is who's who, These are the worst predictions of all time. So these are the people who made market calls oh, and oh. Really, really stacked it. So I just want you to say who the person is. Ooh. Okay. So ah, very nice. I'll throw it out so you can ponder it between you because I think if we pin it on one person, it might be a bit difficult. Which 2008 Nobel Prize okay. winning economist said in 1988? That the internet would have about as much economic impact as the fax machine. I read this quote the other day. Yeah, I, I read, read this, this quote, quote the well. other day. He won the Nobel Prize oh. in 2008. 
Oh my god! What a, what a year to win the Nobel Prize for Economists, by the way. Uh, yeah, two thousand eight. That's like that's like a wooden spoon of investing. Yeah. Um, See, the, your immediate thoughts tend to bury there, but it's not going to be him because in nineteen eighty eight, he's not a Nobel Prize winner. He was very well. I was thinking Doctor Bury, isn't it? But I was just thinking, I wonder if he won a Nobel Prize off the back of it. It's too early for that. Plus, he's also a medical. No. Doctor, ah, is it? I read this the other day. I read it the other day. It's um. It's, it, it really no, makes sorry. good podcasting to have Paul struggling. I know, I know. To have, look, <laughs> I know, I know. Just give it's it. Fair, I'm not offering anything. It's Paul Krugman. Go on, then give us that number. Uh, right, Paul Krugman. Oh, yeah. See, he came. I was reading stupid stuff the other day, and it came up. Ah, that's annoying. Because I'll, I'll give you one. I'll give you one. looking at. Yeah, all of us are looking at stupid crash stuff at the minute and seeing how how wrong <laughs> people are all the time because we we all want the we all want the stocks to continue going up and they might mm. I think they will I think Jesus I, I was looking at Tesla the other day it's about to go parabolic I think it's going ridiculous um, lines yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's not fast graph lines this time that's, oh it's the that's same my, lines that's the technical line. analysis lines bear the lines the, the, lines the, line. the mystic meg lines this time <laughs> <laughs> go on then send us another one because we're no. going to be awful at this i can already tell you can take a stab at this one i think uh, it's quite a high profile person bit of a chopper so um who who said when asked if people should be worried about bear stearns no 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 bear stearns is fine don't move your money from bear that'd be just silly and for context when he said that they were trading at 60 dollars and then five days later, they were bought for $2 a share. Ooh. Was it Jim <laughs> Kramer? It was. It's got to be Kramer. Yeah, it was Kramer. Yeah. Yeah. It even sounded like Kramer in your accent. Did anyone see on the, on the Discord today, uh, someone put on a lot, uh, uh, some analysis of uh, Jim Kramer um, about how right he's been? Yeah, and it's not year. often, he's is actually it? Been... <laughs> Yeah, but well, it's, I mean, it wasn't hard to be right last year, was it? it mm. But it's something like five hundred and fifty-five percent, something stupidly high. Mm. Uh, his picks for twenty twenty-one. Um, so, but I think they didn't really look back to sort of nineteen eighty-nine, where he's been horribly wrong so many times. There's a there's a big graphic showing Jim Cramer what he recommended during the tech bubble and every single one of them has gone bust. Every single there isn't one. He didn't didn't find Amazon or anything like that. And that was something that got me is people saying that they're finding the next Amazon and finding all the, in all these spec stocks. Um it's so hard to find. And even Jim Cramer was wrong a hundred percent of the time during the tech bubble so it's just a little word of uh, word of warning going forward and i've made that really sad haven't i let's continue <laughs> with the game <laughs> well i mean oh, i could, I could give you one more if you like i've got one more here so who, who said go, yeah, go for it who said there's no chance the iphone will grab a significant market share Oh, I read this the other day as yeah, well. Yeah, I think I that was the, the, other day. the guy from um, Research in Motion. The, the BlackBerry CEO was quite famous. As in it, but I think this might be the Nokia CEO. No, 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 no. It's Bill Gates. Not... Is, it Bill... Oh, Is it Bill close. Gates? That's close. Uh, I mean, uh, like, uh, Steve, whatever his name was. Steve, was the there you go. Steve Ballmer. No, it's not. Uh, Steve Ballmer. Steve Ballmer's CEO of Microsoft at the it, time. He was the... 
for about mm. half a year or something. It was he's the shortest CEO in, of Microsoft ever or something. Or is it the most igni- insignificant CEO of Microsoft ever? The only guy, thing I remember about that guy is the amount he used to sweat. He was a he was profuse. <laughs> he was so young at the time as well. You just sitting there like a child thinking, God, this is a sweaty bloke. Because wasn't it like this early is a 2000s? sweaty fat bloke? You're <laughs> <laughs> so young. Fans hadn't been invented. <laughs> okay, I think uh, we're just gonna go. Steve W has won that game. Uh, yeah. we, we've, we've got all a bit out of whack there, but Steve W gets a big clap. I think he. I'm just going to clap here until the sound effect comes. Yeah, in. that's fine. Give me chance. Yeah, it's very pathetic. This right. clap, isn't it? You know what I mean? It's not like it needs some like <laughs> whooping and hollering, doesn't it? But it does need some whooping and hollering. And now I need a new game because my guess the ticker idea. Is cool. <laughs> oh, oh, sorry. Yeah. Oh, there's plenty of tickers out there. Surely there there's plenty there of tickers out there. <laughs> what do you mean surely? Yes, there are plenty of tickers <laughs> out there. At least oh, yeah. five hundred. There's, there's around seven thousand. <laughs> <laughs> I'm okay. joking, by the way. I didn't have guess the tickers as a no. game. I okay. haven't got any idea what my next game is. Uh, anyone got any news this week that they want to talk about? I know a couple of people had something interesting, but I don't know if you've got anything on the cards. But we've got the budget, if anyone wanted to talk about that, but also a part of the budget. D- Damien, do you have a student loan? I meant to ask you this before we went. Live. Yeah, yeah. Uh, plan one. I'm, I'm, I'm about three months from paying. Oh, off. are you plan one as well? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, so I don't, I don't get bent, didn't get bent over. I was, I had people. Um, I was in my third year, and there was people in the bottom year paying three times as much for the course. The, but the killer's the five percent interest rate, yeah. isn't it? Like, it's not even, the, it's not even the treble yeah. amount. It's that rate of. I mean, it's, it's a joke. That's what happens when young people don't vote. The policy shifts to absolutely batter them over the head with stuff like that. So, yeah, there we go. Okay, right. Let's back up a bit. Let's back a bit. <laughs> yeah, up sorry. A bit and let's explain what exactly what's happened happened this week. So, um, this week, uh, I can't remember who's announced it. Boris Johnson, I think, is the one that actually announced it in the end, or was it Rishi? I can't remember. Uh, nope, nobody knows. I think that. it was That's a leak fine. in policy. Uh, but... I don't think it's actually it's actually been officially oh, announced it? yet. I think it's just a leak oh, right, that's so... going to be announced. Yeah, there you go. So, yeah, it's been leaked this week that the uh, threshold for paying back your student loan, if you're on certain plans of student loan, is coming from 27,000 down to 23,000. Oh, is that is that right? I think that's right. Yeah, and 25 to 21 on a different plan is what I've got, I think, off the top of my head. Okay. Yeah. So that that's they're bringing that in um, and it's going to screw a lot of graduates over. Uh, I think the the figure that I remember is that 30% of all graduates do not actually graduate into a graduate job. So that's going to screw over a lot of people that are earning over 21,000. How do we feel about this? I mean, Damien's already made his thoughts pretty, pretty, uh, pretty, There's my pretty, flag. pretty available. So yeah, how are we feeling about this? Because I think I'm in a similar position as Damien. I'm not going to get screwed over it because I'm plan one. But the difference is, is I don't think I'm anywhere near paying off my student loan just yet. Um, I, st- I actually need to look it up because I haven't looked it up in absolutely fucking ages. But and but we we were talking, weren't we, Steve W, about something else? But how does this affect you, or uh, how do you feel about it? It doesn't affect me, but I do work in the industry that this does affect, which is um, higher education, basically. So I have a couple of thoughts here. I mean, one thing to be clear on is that at the moment, as Steve says, this is this is basically leaked at the moment and there's a good amount of conjecture going on here. So exactly where that threshold might get brought down to 
is a little bit um, probably not set for one thing. I mean, the number I read was 23,000, and that was based on the fact that some MP was saying they thought 20,000 was a bit low, so it would probably be somewhere between 27 and 20, which means maybe 23, could be 21. So the details are a little bit unclear. There's another larger issue here that was also um, kind of unclear, which was whether this would be enacted retroactively, uh, which is to say people who have existing loans out are going to be subject to these or not. Uh, People were quite rightly pointing out that that would be a, at the very least, a dramatic shift in goalposts um, if they start doing that to people who already have loans out and took loans out on a basis that they don't pay them back until they earn above 27,000. In terms of the general idea of moving the threshold down, um, and it's supposed to come with a reduction in tuition fees as well, apparently, um, and an extension to the amount of time before it's written off is a thing I heard about. I think that might be no bad thing. Uh, I think at the moment, and certainly when I went to uni, there was a lot of kind of unthinking going to uni. And I think anything that encourages people to think a bit more carefully about exactly what they plan on doing after they complete um, whatever they're doing at 18, whether that's A-levels or some other qualifications, is no bad thing. I don't know as that this is the most effective way of doing that, but I do think there's a good amount of people who could do with thinking a bit more carefully before they kind of make their decisions. I think I should have thought a bit more carefully for what it's worth. Having thought... um, not very much and then just going to uni because that's kind of what you did and it looked like a lot of fun uh, I don't think I would have made a different decision in the end but I definitely don't think I thought anything like carefully enough before I went to university in the first place so I think anything that kind of helps encourage people to think about it in that way is no bad idea I might have a unique take on this for you so yeah well I I think I would have done too but I was a mature student when I went to university so I was a bit older than everybody else um basically when um the 2008 recession hit my job was uh, up in the air really I was in construction uh, we was pretty much told that you know tomorrow when you come in there won't be any work um loans are going to start being recalled um and you might not have a job um come the end of the month so I just thought well there's time here to go to university. I knew I would have got in because I'd been I'd been working in I'd been doing a real job for four years or something at the time. So I went and studied marketing, um, which I have <laughs> I have been and left marketing, um, and I don't think I would ever like to to to, to return to it. But um, the whole change in it really just got me thinking about my student loan night. I logged in and I saw that it was a sort of, it was like two grand or something like that. And I thought, well, it's obvious that I'm going to pay this off. So I, I just paid it. I just paid it on Sunday. I think it was Sunday. I, I sent it into you guys and I had to do a bit of a humble brag, yeah. but um, yeah, I, I paid it off. So I am, I am student debt free. The only problem is, is that I've already submitted my self-assessment and that bill has come back. And obviously you cannot adjust the self-assessment now. So I'm going to overpay my student loan and I overpaid it anyway because my salary had not cleared yet. So I'm going to, they're going to owe me about 800 quid at the end of the month. And do you want to pay Paul's while you're at it? I absolutely, yeah, do absolutely that. do not want to pay anybody else's. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm uh, I'm pretty... I'm, I'm on a similar boat to you guys. I was, believe it or not, one of the top in my class in my school. So I was kind no. of pressured. It's mad, isn't it? Like, have a think about what my school was. (laughs) Have a a think of what my school was like. Just have a little think about that. And, um, uh, yeah, so I was kind of pressured into going to university. And it was almost like, just pick something. And I chose something as useless as philosophy uh, to go to to university with. (laughs) Sorry, Steve. (laughs) There's made a career of it. (laughs) (laughs) 
I mean, it's, so what I've got is sort of very loosely described as a career. Well, yeah, Steve's sure. just going to go burn some books in the backyard, guys. Well, he'll be back the, in the, a bit. The thing is, the thing is, philosophy and politics as a thing for Steve's university is very different for what it would have been at my university, which was just a, a, a stupid course where people would think they would become politicians. But in Steve's in Steve's university, it's very different. Uh, I think philosophy means a lot more there and hopefully uh, we're being taught a bit more about ethics and, and things in, in that realm because those people might be going on to actually, you know, uh, rule our country one day. Uh, but yeah, I, uh, so I've got into this amount of debt for what I think is absolutely no reason. I mean, I had a good three years of partying and drinking and stuff like that, but I definitely would not have gone. And if... I mean, I don't know where I'd be right now without that. I don't know if some of the experiences and the people that I met uh, have changed the way my my head is wired uh, because it's very possible if I hadn't have gone to university, I could have just ended up in a dead-end job or something like that and not really enjoyed what I was doing. But I, I did even at 18 have the idea that I wanted to be a paramedic, but it was, very, it was a very loose idea at that time and there wasn't the same sort of... Uh, rose that there is in into it now but yeah i'd have made a totally made a, a different decision and i'm so bad that i haven't kept up with my student loan over these years i have no idea how much i owe i just expected it to to carry on but i think with that five percent interest rate and the lack of money that i've been putting in because i haven't been earning i haven't earned anything over the past god knows how many years um I think that number could be really high and I'm working quite hard now uh, uh, to figure out how to find it out. Um, but Damien, would you have gone to university? Have you used your degree for, I mean, whatever job that you do now? So, so I, I went to Durham University, which most people would say is pretty good uni. Um, I, did a biz, I did a business yeah. degree there, which it was just a complete waste of time. Uh, I think the thing was, so I'm from like a Birmingham, like me and a single mom. And the one thing that I thought when I got there was, you get into uni and there was this system within the business studies where it was like get an internship here go work there and those were the people that did really well off the education i had none of that kind of family support or experience going into it so it just seemed like there was a load of people at uni that knew how to work that system a lot better than i did so i just went and got drunk for three years and that probably it gave me a lot of skills now that allow me to sit in front of a camera and talk to people like I was, you know, I was the social guy, but I could have just gone traveling around the world and had a much better life experience, I think. And, you know, I didn't learn a single thing um, from from university itself. I barely went to any lectures. So I think people just need to be honest with yeah. themselves that if you're not if you're not um, the kind of person that's academic and you're at school, you know, I did GCSEs and A-levels, you can kind of figure that out by doing past papers, but university is a big step up. And if you're not an academic person, I was academically smart in terms of getting A's, but I, I'm not a person that likes to sit down and study intently. If you're not that person, I would really question whether you should go to uni or not personally, especially doing a course like a business studies or a sociology, something that doesn't have a, you know, a qualification or dead, a career path at the end of it. I would take yeah. my money back. Yeah, that was that's exactly my uh, theory on university. I mean, I know we're getting a bit out of like the whole money side of things here, but yeah, my, uh, it is good for life. I think it is important for people because money comes from uh, the job and the career that you have, and that's how you build your wealth, as it were. But I find that going to university, as an experience for for me as a family who didn't have anyone who previously went to university, I don't know what you guys are like, but 
uh, Damien's probably pretty similar here. Um, going to university is not, <laughs> there's no reason to go to university if you're not going to study for a qualification that that the job that you're going for requires that qualification as a way. I haven't said that very well, but if you're going to be a doctor going into medicine, or if you're going into an engineering background that requires a certain skill, a, a certificate that says I've done this and now I'm, that opens up a skilled job for me, then I think university, that's the only place you can go. And I mean, even being a doctor is probably pretty hard these days at university, but anything else, yep. I, I personally believe anything else can be done by working up through the system. And if you really enjoy a certain type of work, like uh, it could be anything really, if you enjoy any work that doesn't require that certificate, that piece of paper, you can learn it by sitting <clears throat> at home and have practicing at it or getting out there and going to the job, doing internships, doing apprenticeships. There's so many different there's so many different ways to get these jobs these days. And I think with this going on, this uh, drop in the threshold for paying back student loans, I think the UK is going to wake up pretty soon, and particularly new students and their parents who have been through this ringer, who have been through this uh, university system and figured out that it's not that good. I think they're going to figure that out and realize that the uh, investment value that you get out of it, the uh, payoff that you get out of it just isn't worth it anymore. And I think... Uh, it's going to be a big wake up. Do you not do you not think that this is an attempt to like railroad young people into the sort of low, unskilled jobs that the the you know our economic migrants are doing from from the EU essentially? Do you not think trying to disincentivize people going to university is an option? You to... mean like training as these yeah, HGV exactly. drivers? Well, I like this. Right yeah, now. I like this because I've actually got it here. Uh, I'll cover up like the address and stuff, but. Here is my letter today. Have you got um, an HGV uh, license? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm allowed to drive trucks, mate. <laughs> uh, I was just thinking I'm allowed that, to drive you're not just going to be able to see Paul because he's got about six pixels at the moment. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. My, um, so for anyone listening on Spotify, we've no idea what that was either. So, yeah, yeah. I've got, uh, this is my driver, HGV driver shortage a letter from the government to say, would I consider being a HGV driver because I've got a license and I'm not using it? Uh, which PB. Is, which is absolutely PP incredible. That's mad. Yeah. That is mental. That they've yeah. There's basically, basically um, everyone at, everyone at my workplace, I've been looking at Instagram and Facebook, everyone at my workplace has got one of these. Uh, they're asking them to drop out of being a paramedic and become a, a HGV driver. And um, linking from that, because I'm, I'm glad you brought that up, because the the theory and i don't know if this is theory at the moment oh man we're getting really political tonight i uh, don't uh, don't know if this is the theory but the immigrant <laughs> side of it has now has has caused this shortage and the theory here is that the immigrant uh, workforce was lowering the wages of the hgv drivers and now the immigrants can't get these jobs uh, it's raising the prices i mean I sound really Brexity here. I, I, I don't necessarily hold this opinion, but that is the theory, and it seems to be making those changes that that uh, mm. the bring back British a, or sort of stuff. It's generally a case of supply and demand, isn't it? I think yeah. in an, in an efficient yeah. market tend to be worth what they're what what the going rate is, what people will accept to do the work. And the problem now is that we have a shortage of people willing to do the work. So the only thing you can do is pay them more. Um, but the only yeah, problem with that the, is, is um, if you think if you think inflation is going to be transitory when the cost to actually move anything has gone up significantly, you are in serious trouble. It definitely that's links my to Instagram the post today. Piece, it's um, 
Yeah, yeah, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. In a sense, like, it's a generational thing. So our parents advised us all to go to university because for their generation, if you mm. went to university, you were set. So a million of kids in our generation went to university, come out and see no value in it. So, but now, you know, for us, I can sit in an office and earn X amount, but a plumber could outstrip my income like tenfold if they're, if they're a good plumber because everyone moved away from trades into university education, didn't they? So I think now with the HGV drivers, it's, mm. it's an iteration of that. And probably what you'll get is if we encourage everyone to go the other way, you might get in another generation, university is more attractive again. And I've got a new theory on this, just to step in there, that the plumber of the future is could be like the coder of the future and if you look at companies like salesforce they're offering sixty thousand a year straight in jobs and they'll teach you how to code you don't need a university degree or anything you just need to have shown an interest in um any sort of coding system before and i think there's going to be something there and again you don't need to go to university for these things you just need to have been interested or taken one of the little courses which costs about 250 quid and they give put you on a 10-week schedule and and they get you the basics down well, i know loads of people who have converted sorry professor galloway wants oh, you to have a vocational a vocational course which actually qualifies you for the job itself rather than teaches you a broad knowledge of the subject he's saying why are people like google having a specific course that goes <laughs> out to say yeah. how do you work at google i mean that always seems I, like a I knew you were going to say Google. Those, hmm. Yeah, they're going to bring things from Galloway. I, yeah, I mean, he thinks that academia is the next industry for disruption, mm. and I think part of the reason that he thinks that is because where he's located in academia, mm. he's located in a business school, which I think mm -hmm. is quite disruptable. Uh, I don't think that Google or Amazon or anyone of that ilk is going to go disrupting an English literature department. Um, you might think that. Um, People should think twice before they sign up for English literature things that don't lead to any immediate kind of obvious job like being a paramedic or something like that. Mm. But that's always been true, right? There's always been demand for English literature. It's never been that doing degrees in English literature or philosophy or anything else has left you really, really well qualified to be a surgeon or something along those lines. But people have always had demand for those things. So I think the academia disruption stuff that he's interested in might be closer to his kind of end of academia than uh, mine. To so. be fair, he's, he spams me every single day with business courses for, um, <laughs> for for shit like that but uh, it's interesting that you brought up google because actually um a lot of people are suggesting that youtube is becoming the next uh course driven sort of system and, and i know it won't be youtube in its current form but it there there is something like that and i've got experience of that because i taught myself to be a photographer i just did nothing for a year and I sat there and learned how to do strobist and le learn all about light and stuff like that. And I taught myself to be, uh, you know, a pretty, pretty good level photographer, I'd, I'd say. Uh, um, photography.co.uk if anyone wants uh, to uh, sign me off your win. Um, but, um, in the description as well. But, but again, the skills, the skills are out there. And if you can get something regulated and what's most important is, again, going back to coding, coding's the future um, and all that sort of thing. We Google has the opportunity here to make YouTube into a course. You know, it can develop these courses and you, you watch however many hours of it. And at the end, you take a you take a test and you've, Google have then built the job that they want and the person that they want for their for their business. And it's it's very interesting to see that that's the distance that could be the way that they're going right now.
I was, I was just going to add to just to the conversation if we just pedal back a little bit that the missing trades and missing labour shortages are often signs of a, an economy that's tried to switch from being an industrial economy to a service economy too fast. I think you probably did this in your in your one sort of like couple of courses of economics at university if you ever came across it. But when 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 you switch to a service economy too fast and the the country itself isn't ready to switch to it or the jobs aren't there for the service economy, you end up with a lot of um, skilled people who can't get jobs, who then have to go and find unskilled jobs. And what we have at the moment is a raft of unskilled jobs and not as many skilled jobs. So we're going to find a lot of people go to university on the promise of getting a better job. Um, we're probably going to have to drop that promise pretty soon. But I'm just going to say to you guys here that I'm not as doom and gloom on universities as as, as you guys are. And I would encourage people to go to university on the proviso that they're willing to to muck in and do stuff. Um, it's mm. a really good networking tool. If you're just going to go there and you're going to get pissed and you're going to miss all the lectures, then you're probably not going to get any value out of it. But when I went, because I was probably a little bit older, um, I still did all of the getting drunk things, but I, I mucked in and I ended up getting a job at Coca-Cola. Um, I did that for six months. And then when I went back to, because um, I, I ended up missing a bit of uni, I went, went back to uni. I then got a job at the BBC just from mucking around and putting my nose in where it wasn't wanted. And uh, <laughs> and I got some really good opportunities off the back of that. So um, that's what I would encourage people to do. And it's horrible when you like you go around all the uh, all the little committees and you think, oh, I don't want to be involved in any of those. But there is some that are just worth diving into and you'll probably get a hell of a lot out of more, out of the being part and being networking with people than you would actually at the course itself. So that's it, really. Mm. That's what I would say on that. I think I think you have an excellent point there, and I will say that because I was disinterested in what I was doing at university, I probably didn't muck in enough, as you put it. Um, but I will say that since then, I have seen the benefit of networking and the benefit of really just sticking your nose in and being somewhere where nobody else is. And I've been doing that very recently. I'm probably going to give away a lot of what my future stuff is going to be about, but. Uh, and I definitely hope my work's not watching this, but um, uh, I'm I've moved out and I've I'm I'm getting jobs in in really other in really big and exciting areas, and this is all because I just simply email people. I've been emailing emailing people and saying, look, I can do this and I do this, and I've got this, I got this, uh, you've got this need to fill, and I'll do it. And um, yeah, I'm getting to some interesting places it's changing my life at the minute um nothing to do with youtube or anything if, before anyone starts thinking it shit sounds like, that, like but, porn um, am i right uh, yeah yeah it kind of is i'm sticking it in loads of places it's great <laughs> <laughs> right let's move on uh let's talk about a little bit of stocks because that took forever and um <laughs> Time, time stamps, I'm, yeah, I'm just looking at end. I'm just looking at, wow, I can't believe we just did like 40 minutes on universities. Bloody hell. Um, okay, let's just talk a little bit about some stocks that we've got. Um, let's talk about ASOS and Boohoo, uh, two stocks that have been absolutely tanking over the past couple of weeks. Um, any reason for that? Supply chain forecasts. So for Boohoo, they're basically saying that they think they're going to struggle because the costs are going up everywhere. Um, I, I mean, maybe that's way down a bit. Is it is it hangover from the fact that they've had the best year as well? Like Just Eat as well is another company that's tanked recently because basically people realise it's probably never going to be as good as it was in the last 12 months. But yeah, 
for Boohoo, it seemed like they came out and said that they were concerned about their supply chain and the costs going up. Right. Standard worry for, for pretty much anybody who has to rely on somebody else to bring you something. Um, uh, pretty yep. much the costs across the board are going up, even even as basic as fuel going up 10, 15%. You've got to think that that is a cost that you've got to factor into your, your product. I think Asos and Boohoo have got a number of problems. We've discussed them a little bit before and that they've had a pretty odd summer uh, where they've probably not, not achieved what they could have achieved because... Uh, nobody went on holiday. Nobody went to gigs. Bye bye bye. Everyone stuck inside. Nobody bought. Any, well, not many people bought as uh, as many new clothes as they could. They've made some pretty big acquisitions, and um, they at the moment the market isn't seeing you know seeing a massive reward for those acquisitions. But I think that's incredibly short term um, thinking. And I think you know we we've got plenty of time for these acquisitions to realise themselves. I think Asos and Boohoo spent quite wisely. Um, when when Arcadia went to the wall, um, so I'm still interested in Asos. I'm I'm less interested in Boohoo because I think they're they're just like walking controversy. Um, but mm. Asos is Asos's problem is, is that the, the the people in charge of it are willing to blame the rain um, for for not selling t-shirts, um, which you can get on board with to a certain degree. Uh, but for me, that that sort of smacks of failure. Um, you know, you should get around these things, but I think Steve's got something to to bite at, would you? Just a quick question, Steve. Uh, I don't know that much about either of these. I'm quietly looking at Asos and starting to look at it, but do you think they would sell more T-shirts if they had someone better, say, designing them? (laughs) (laughs) This this is like plug to my Bristol Myers squid, my Bristol Myers squid (laughs) T-shirt that I made the other day. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, Steve is currently coming up with a line of playing footsie merchandise which may or may not ever be on sale ever yeah. anywhere. Um, yeah, well... He's mm. do, doing this all on his own, like his Gusto boxes. He's doing it all on his own. <laughs> <laughs> no idea what's going on. Steve's Sorry, desk- that's an inside joke again. Like, we keep doing these inside jokes, guys. Steve, Steve's desperate for that $2 a share or whatever we had. <laughs> Selling my Bristol my Squid t-shirt. Yeah, me with my degree in philosophy, I need to find something to vlog. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, well, ASOS looks really good. The on, uh, you know, the acquisitions have been really good, and their revenue is going up. Same as Boohoo's. Uh, supply chain issues are supply chain and manufacturing issues are a big problem. I think that Boohoo's probably got more manufacturing issues than ASOS has right now. It helps when uh, at first you're you're. Uh, <laughs> Your manufacturing costs nothing, and then the government steps in, and all of a sudden you have to pay people. Uh, I was thinking that Boo work, now have so. to pay the minimum wage to their UK staff, don't they? So, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so their their manufacturing costs have gone up, and God knows what they were doing for their HGV drivers. Um, the uh, so yeah, do do these look good at the moment? In your opinion, obviously this is all in your opinion, and because um, I I think ASOS is 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 getting there. It's sort of getting there. And I think there's a bit of a hangover, like Damien said, from uh, 2020. I think we're realizing that everyone went a bit too hard. I can name quite a few stocks that went a bit yep. too hard through 2020. And now we're starting to see that cool off. Uh, is it going to present some real opportunities? Is there any real opportunities from the from the cool off of 2020 that's going to catch your eye? <laughs> I think that sauce is... Um... Is a is a is a real buy at the moment. I I mean I'm not quite sure what we're waiting for here. I think um, it's kind of at the kind of P ratios that um, you know look pretty good. I think any of the problems that it's got are all look like really short term problems to me. I don't think it's going to go under if you know if it can't pass the cost of inflation on to anybody else. So um, I think it's How a, a really interesting looking buy. 
how much input does the owner have? You know, the, the personal tragedy side of things. Because obviously, like when that dropped, when that came out, I was like, because didn't he? He lost his whole family basically in 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 a, in one in a bombing, didn't he? I it was in uh, Sri Lanka. Was it his son? Uh, no, it was it was three oh, of his right, children. No, I didn't know he that. lost three children at once. Yeah, he's the biggest uh, landowner right. in Scotland, didn't he? he? Bought he bought like one fifth of Scotland or something for them to own. And yeah, they they recently had twins as well. But I don't know how much active involvement he he has in the business. But I always I always prefer Boohoo because I'm from Manchester. Jesus. They're based in Manchester. I know, and the Kamanis who are the the the, the family that own it, you see them about in Manchester. And I have a friend who owns a condom company who they invested in. So I've always been a bit closer to Boohoo than Asos personally. But yeah. Yeah. So I would buy Boohoo <laughs> long term. <laughs> There's a lot to unpack there. Asos is Nick Baton now, isn't it? So he's he's not actually the guy who founded um, Asos. The, no. the guy who founded it stepped down quite quite a bit ago. So yeah. um, it, it, it depends, really. I, I think um, Asos needed somebody who was uh, ready to take it up to the next level. But whether they've got the right CEO at the moment is, is debatable. I, I hate listening to excuses on earnings call, especially when you look at ASOS and Boohoo for that matter, and you look and you think, well, everything on that, every metric you're reporting is up and, you know, considerably up. Um, but I really dislike it when they, they, they make they, they make excuses for not hitting, um, well, basically they set expectations too high. <laughs> That's another problem. Um, Britain doesn't really like... We thought really it'd be like, warmer uh, so we didn't sell as many t-shirts, that kind of stuff. And that's it, yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. it's just shite excuses, isn't it? You know, I, I would much sooner than be. Um, see, I, I I like a company to set their expectations fairly fairly low and then exceed them. I don't like it when a company says to you, "Well, we're going to do two hundred percent," and they go, "Well, we did hundred percent because it rained a bit, but that's still good." I just, you know, I don't I don't really see it. Fair enough. Well, yeah, that's that's Steve D's um, uh, opinion of. Uh... <laughs> ASOS, that's pretty pretty comprehensive. David, any stocks that you <laughs> are interested in at the moment? Well, I know I know that you're a, a tri-tax man, and I, I have a bit. I picked it up in the dip when the REITs got hammered because I thought, um, you know, this retail stuff, the, the out-of-town big box is probably going to do quite well, and it did, but they've obviously a bit of news there with the shares offering and stuff um i think it's yesterday maybe that it came out that well yeah um it's a very interesting one try tax through uh the the lockdown and all that uh, it was a pretty simple uh thesis on buying something yep. like try tax big, big box it's 14 to 20 percent exposed to amazon everyone was locked in everyone was ordering from amazon so the thesis on try tax big box was really 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 simple and it paid off at, i think i'm still 40 odd percent up but even that's cooling down a little bit from that yeah. uh, from those all-time highs at the moment um but like you say it's um it has had a new primary bid come out uh where it's going to sell i can't remember how many shares but i reckon steve w has a lot of information on primary bid because i've never actually used it like last week everyone said to me oh yeah you don't use cedars or crowdcube so briscoe is going to sit quiet for <laughs> for half an hour um didn't happen by the way i still managed to talk about whatever i wanted to talk about <laughs> but uh explain primary bid because that's the first place that tritax's new shares are going to go on to 
Yeah, so primary bid is a place where usually listed uh, companies can um, issue shares and have individuals kind of pick them up. Often on primary bid, they're listed at a discount from the at least advertised share price at the time. And that's part of the reason for people like uh, myself. And I know Steve D has a look on primary bid every so often as well. Uh, looking to try and pick up shares through there rather than through the kind of open market. There's usually a little bit of arbitrage and that catches up quite quickly, but primary bid is an interesting place if you're looking for specific placements of usually listed companies, usually UK listed companies actually as well. Uh, and Tritax is kind of the latest of these to have a, a round of issuing. We talked a little while ago about EasyJet, of course, having a rights issue to raise money um, and a share thing, and we were... We were fairly sort of gloomy about that in general. I mean, my sense is that I feel quite differently about this from Tritex yeah. for what it's worth. So Tritex is a REIT, um, and REITs are often having issuances like this. I mean, it's the same net effect. Your holding gets diluted because there are more shares being offered. But REITs usually have better reasons for doing this than companies like EasyJet do. So if you're a REIT, um, basically you have to pay out, I think it's 90% of your taxable income that you make. And if you have to pay out 90% of your taxable income as dividends, it makes it really hard to reinvest for growth because most of your income has to get paid out automatically, which means if you see a nice opportunity and you want some capital, you can't do it by just deciding you're going to hold back income. You can either do it by uh, a debt raise or an equity raise. And the REIT that I hold, which is Agree Realty, uh, which is stateside based, uh, they've also had a, a recent kind of dilution where they were raising money for what struck me as perfectly sound purposes. We still got diluted and that was less fun. But um, my sense is that this is slightly different from Tritex. I haven't looked deep into what they're planning on using the money for. But an equity raise here doesn't alarm me in the way that it automatically would with uh, certain other kinds of companies anyway. They've said development because of planning yeah, applications, so basically. that uh, That's what I, mm -hmm. I gathered. From, yeah. like, basically, they've had planning approved. They need to build stuff. Yeah, so the way I sort of see in REITs um, and the way I look at REITs in, in, as they are differently to stocks is that you are still – the real estate owner in this situation. So think of it as very, very similar as you going out and buying a big, big box or even just a house or something like that. But you've got to do it with lots of other people. Lots of other people have to, have to chime in and do it. Now, would you rather do that with debt or what, would you rather have a couple of other investors come on board, pay some money towards that, and then everybody else can get a bigger share of this smaller pie, as it were. And the idea is that... Um, I know we're doing it through development and stuff like that, but a lot of REITs is about trusting the manager. Now, I must admit, I've totally forgot the guy's name, who's, who's the leader of Tritax. Uh, Mr. Tritax. Anyone got his name? Yeah. Um, oh, it's Mr. Oh, Big Box, box Tritax. Yeah. <laughs> 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 but the idea, the idea of these is the, is, the, is the teams are usually very, very small in these, in these REITs. They usually don't have more than six to ten people. And you're just kind of trusting them to have a strategy and go forward and by the next thing it's very hard to get wrong usually as well unless you're in a in a very specific types of of areas like maybe university um accommodation or shopping malls is a very famous one that's not doing very well right now but tritax is in the opposite tritax is in a booming area and um, all you've got to do really with with these uh, companies that are going into the big box warehouses is maybe just check for saturation. That's all we've got to think of. Are, are we getting too saturated in this market? It doesn't seem like that that's anywhere near that just yet. 
But uh, a lot of these REITs is they have a manager and you're just giving this manager a lot of your money and they are paying you back that income. And that was the other bit I forgot to mention is that 90% of funds or earnings that has to be paid back to the shareholder isn't in the same way that people say, oh, you're not innovating, so you're not blah, 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 and all that sort of stuff. It's very different in it's in that it's similar to you owning a property and you getting the rental income back of that property. And that's how you really should think of REITs. And that's how I think of Tritax. I need to reassess it. I don't think I've bought any Tritax in quite a while, if I'm honest, but because of the 10, 15% drop that it's had recently, it could, could open an opportunity. We'll have a look. Would you, have you, do you know if the European version is raising funds in a similar manner? I know this is a Euro done box, of course. Any work on the Euro Yeah, I haven't done any work on the Eurobox one. A couple of guys in the Discord have had a look of it and a few of them own it, I think. But I personally haven't done anything and I reckon there is probably more opportunity out there in the Eurobox one, but I've also got Segro, which is very European um exposed as well. And some of my others like DLR is another data re, re- data center REIT that's um is quite exposed to Europe as well. So, uh, yeah, I I would love to look at it, but I think we're too late. I, I, a, I honestly think we're too late to start. I just had a quick look. Um, the Eurobox has placed 170 million on the DAX. So it's, uh, it's it's doing a new placing on there as well. So it looks like they're both doing uh, a very similar thing. So just to chime in on real estates, real estates by the nature are quite acquisitive businesses. So uh, there is only really a couple of ways that they can grow, and that is by acquiring somebody else or, or raising raising debt to build something or it's very it's very, it's very rare that they uh, can retain enough money to actually produce or build build a new product mm. themselves so acquisitive by nature so um you're looking at them raising money so long as they're a profitable business there's no reason for them to raise money other than to acquire or to build property and that is genuinely a, a good thing so long as that they can produce a, a, mm. a stronger yield than the amount of uh, dilution that you're getting it should be a net positive for shareholders uh, re dilution is a little bit less important than dilution in stocks i would probably argue but but to a point they can't dilute forever obviously but um but yeah the, most of these businesses are growth by acquisition and uh, reits buying reits is something you should you should not be worried too much about yeah and um it's a, it's another thing to say that a lot of particularly in tritax their rents are inflation protected so they can raise rents as much as inflation plus 1 i think i i remember it being i haven't looked at that in quite a while um and also <laughs> Uh, lost my train of thought there. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, leave it in. Leave it in. Right, let's move on. <laughs> wrap it up. Uh, yeah, let's wrap this up. Sorry about that. At the end, I've just totally just lost my train of thought because I'm getting tired, and it's the best day today because my kid actually fell asleep at six six p.m. So I feel really awake as well. Um, right. <laughs> that should be it. Okay, that's it. That's how I did it. Retention, bossing it, just cut. <laughs> oh. Go get the ending. Right. On. Yeah. Just had a stroke. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. So I've ended that pretty, uh, pretty abruptly. Uh, thank you very much for everyone for watching and listening on all the podcasts and uh, YouTube and everything. Leave us a five star review if you want to and. 
in the comments below the YouTube section. Please feel free to ask us another question for the midweek footsie. We do love answering your question. And thank you so much for Damien for being on board. Check his channel out. It's uh, Damien Talks Money on YouTube. He's absolutely brilliant. His videos are like poems. That's what my missus said to me, uh, actually. Um, she came in and went, all the women she say. came in and went, you see this guy? His videos are like, yeah, his videos are like poems. She's singing, he's singing to me. He's and so attractive. Like, right. Um, that's so embarrassing. <laughs> yeah, I was like, right. I, I have like, actually sung. I was like, why can't you be more like Damien? <laughs> well, now, now, all I, I'll tell you what, I bet Damien doesn't have three goes at recording his ending. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know, Paul, Paul you're, you're, you're in our phone as, as budget Damien. <laughs> yeah. 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 And it also it, it also hurts that I have to play his videos while we're doing it as well. It's just, just a little background noise for her. <laughs> All right, there's, there you go. There's enough for Damien. So that's the end of a go. Um, yeah, yeah, it'll, it'll, it'll make your Mrs. Jiny tickle. How's that? Uh, thank you very much for watching, guys. And, and we'll see you next week. Yeah, I think you nailed it that time. Yeah, that's yeah. <laughs> I'm amazed how many people own stocks. I'm amazed how many people own stocks. The sucker's going up.